Hello and welcome to the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield University in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast shares these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy today's episode. My name is Rich Schmidt. We're here with Efren Loesa Garcia. It's April 12th, 2023. We're at Tualatin Estate Vineyard in Forest Grove. Efren, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, the first question to ask to get you started is why wine or, or why viticulture? Why? Um, well, you know, um, when, I was, uh, when I was young, I was like around uh, uh, 14, 15 years. Um, I was uh, I was in Mexico uh, working there. Um, we didn't. Uh, my family didn't have any any lands, but I was working with my uh, um, you know uncles, um, helping them uh, on the field, like you know uh, agriculture uh, labor uh, with corn and uh, beans and uh, everything. So. Um, um, what I first started when I was in Mexico is to study uh, like uh, any type of um, like uh, agronomic or you know a viticulturist. Uh, so in um, early 1979, um, um, uh, my father, you know, he he went back to Mexico. So he, uh, he talked to me about uh, bringing me up here. Um, I was, uh, was trying not to come up here because, uh, you know, I was, at that time, I like to stay in Mexico and, um, and um, you know, study there and uh, work there. Uh, but he was, um, he was uh, so um, excited to bring me up here. So um, I got here in 19, uh, April 15, 1979. And um, uh, the first uh, work I was doing is uh, cleaning uh, or uh, hand hoeing strawberries, you know, on the strawberry field. And then um, I came up here at this property uh, to work for uh, three weeks. And I meet the guy. Uh, uh, David uh, Foster. He was uh, the venue manager uh, at that time. Um, so um, he uh, he was uh, he was uh, English and, and and Spanish speaking. So I asked him a lot of questions, and I was uh, really interested on uh, on the vines because when I got here um, in 1979, the vines uh, down there. Uh, they, they're going to be 15, 15, 50 years old this year. So they were like around three years when I got here. So um, uh, he, uh, David put me, you know, to work on those young vines, you know, removing extra shoots. So and I was uh, I was asking him uh, questions uh, uh, about, you know, how um, how is possible that uh, because he told me how how he plant those, uh, you know, uh, uh, cuttings, you know, on the ground, mm-hmm. and they were trying to grow, or they were growing. So I said, um, um, you know, h- how do you do this, or how did those vines, uh, you know, grow uh, like that? And and 
you know, he was, uh, he was too excited and he goes, um, uh, you know, uh, you ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, liked, I, like, uh, I like to work here because, you know, reminds me when I was in, in Mexico, you know, you know, out in the fields. So um, I like to know what, uh, what I'm doing because uh, um, I, liked, uh, I need to be able to do, you know, uh, the work, you know, or, or treat the binds like on the right way. And um, those binds, those binds were like a three, three years old, and uh, the ones uh, up there, they were like a two years older. So he was uh, spraying, you know, fungicides, and uh, at that time, what he was using, it was uh, just uh, sulfur, mm -hmm. and another fungicide, but he most mostly uh, sulfur. So you know. I think I left and um, I came here like around May, the first week of May, and I only worked until the 20, only for three weeks. Mm -hmm. So, but um, the last week, I mean the last, uh, last week that I was, that I spent here, uh, he was spraying and I asked, uh, what are, why are you spraying, you know, or what are you spraying? Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'm spraying sulfur for, for mites. And then uh, I said, uh, I asked him, um, and are you gonna keep spraying or, or you know, because I like to learn. And he goes, oh boy, you're asking too many questions. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, you know, I don't speak English, I don't speak English, you speak Spanish, so I'm gonna take a little bit of advantage, you know, to ask you questions. But then, uh, you know, uh, at that time, I was living in a, in a camp, mm -hmm. uh, and um, this camp, the owner was uh, um, uh, Lloyd Dykes, mm -hmm. so he had people there, but uh, uh, we didn't pay any rent, but we have to work uh, with him. Mm -hmm. So it came uh, the time when, uh, you know, when the strawberries was, uh, they were, uh, you know, uh, uh, ready to harvest, so I went back uh, over there. Um, so I left, you know, thinking about here. Uh, I said, well, you know, uh, uh, it's uh, too sad that I need to, I need to, I need to, you know, work with them. But I, I like this. Uh, I mean, I like. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I was really interested in, in binds, you know. Um, so um, that year, I went back to uh, harvest uh, strawberries, uh, uh, blueberries, cucumbers, and then I went to um, uh, Washington to uh, to pick uh, apples. And then uh, when and then when I came back up here, it was like around December. So I know that at that time they were pretty close to start pruning. So I came and asked for work, and uh, David said, "Oh, we have we have plenty of people. So, so but if if I need, uh, you know, I I would like to have you uh, here again." Mm -hmm. And um, so the following week, I we know that. Um, uh, the people who was working here at that time, they had, they got in trouble. So 
I came back again and I asked David for work and he goes, yeah, I can, I can keep you work. <laughs> you know, and by you know, joking, he said, um, how, long, how, how long do you want to work here? And I said, I can work 20 years. And he goes, uh, well, I'm going to keep you work 20 years, <laughs> but you need to move out of the, out of the camp. And you know, it was it was really hard for me to you know for to find an apartment or a home for rent. So uh, you know, I did it. I did it. You know, I I found you know on my way home, I found you know a really good person that uh, he had an apartment uh, um, in Forest Grove at that time, and he said, "Yeah, I can I can rent you my apartment." Um, so we moved out of the camp. It was, uh, it was uh, my, uh, my uncle Juan, uh, my friend Jose, who's still here, and, and me. We moved out. So, uh, you know, and, and um, when I came back, I, you know, David was in front of me talking to me, and I was laughing. And he goes, why do you laugh? And I said, well, you know, I, I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> And um, it was it was uh, it was really it was really uh, interested for me, and I thought about you know um, um, studying, mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't know how at that time. I, I, we didn't have any I didn't have any any um, any benefits or you know. Um, I asked my father if if he was able to you know support me. Uh, while I'm, I'm in school, and he goes, no, I need to go back to Mexico, so you need to keep working so you can you know, earn money for yourself. Um, so I started here you know, full-time in 1980. Um, um, and then uh, 84, 1984, yeah, I, uh, I know it was uh, an open position on that uh, uh, production. So I asked uh, Bill Fuller if he can let me try, you know, learn how to make wine. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, and he said, yeah, uh, I mean, we need help. So uh, the fir the very first day, I thought that he was gonna, you know, let me go <laughs> because I made a mistake. <laughs> The very, very, the very first day, uh, I had I was working on those uh, uh, filters, filtering uh, wine or juice. I said, um, uh, I call it. Uh, it was a filter. The name uh, centrifuge. Mm -hmm. It was like a huge, uh, you know, like a round, you know, really heavy, you know, filter, and um, you know. Um, that filter had uh, two uh, brakes. You know, it was like a two pieces of uh, um, metal that it, they were going inside. You know, uh, to stop by moving it, by moving it. You know, like spinning around. And I didn't, I didn't pay attention, and I put that filter to work with those uh, brakes. So when Bill came in, you know, I, he saw a little bit of smoke coming out of the filter, <laughs> and he was, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm, I'm working." He was, "No, no, no! Stop the, stop the filter." And he was, he was mad. Yeah, he was. Uh, he said, "You know, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna remove the clutch and see if they, if they are fine, if they are burned, you know, we, we stuck. We need, we need to order those from, uh, from Germany. So I thought myself, I think this is gonna be it. <laughs> so, uh, but thank God, uh, nothing happened. The brakes were fine and he goes, you can keep working. And I said, are you gonna let me keep working? And he goes, yeah, yeah, keep working. So I worked with him for 14 years make, making wine until, until uh, Willamette purchased this uh, uh, 12th in the state vineyard in 1997. So 1999 was my last uh, vintage of uh, wine. So I'm gonna get ahead. I'm gonna get back to that in a moment. But I'm curious about you mentioned something about the vines that interested you in the first place. You were you had you would you were working on strawberries and blueberries and other things like that. But but vines interested you. So tell me about the kind of initial interest in viticulture and about starting to learn what needed to be done on an annu kind of an annual cycle in a vineyard. Yeah, I think with uh, with uh, Bill Fuller. I just was, uh, you know, doing normal work, you know, and asking questions. Um, and uh, when Willamette, um, you know, uh, purchased uh, this property, uh, Jim Bruno, um, you know, he asked me if I can, you know, if I like to stay here, and I said yes. So he uh, uh, he gave me more opportunity opportunities, like uh, you know, uh, going to class to classes. And very culture, very uh, classes, uh, and by attending those, I, um, you know, I learn, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, how to, how to, um, you know, maintain the vines and the soil, you know, healthy. So I was trying to, you know. I was trying to do all my best, and you know, and because. I was uh, I was really uh, interested in you know in in prog in, how do you say uh, prog progressive mm -hmm. progressive yeah uh, so um, at that time it was um, that vineyard manager was uh, uh, Sterling Fox mm -hmm. so I was trying to you know help him he was uh, he was most of the day out or he was out most of the days and the days so he put me in charge you know like uh, his assistant. So um, in uh, 1999, 1999, around 1999 or 2000, I think it was 1999 when he left. Mm -hmm. So he suggested to uh, Jim Bernal to uh, keep me as a vineyard manager. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, when he asked me, I said, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And he goes, why? So because I didn't study, I, I'm just, you know, I'm going to classes, but I feel that it's not enough. So, and so I don't think I'm the right person. And he goes, uh, I think you are. And as truly in fact, uh, uh, he said, yeah, you're ready. I can see it. Uh, I mean, you, you were doing everything when I was, uh, when I was uh, you know, I was checking other vineyards and you were here, so you're doing everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, why don't you try? And I said, yeah, I can, I can try. I can try for one year. So I, I started, like uh, going to more uh, classes more often. Mm -hmm. So um, 
you know, I said, um, I'm attending a number of classes, so I'm more interested because I, I love the vines. Uh, I don't know why I got in love with vines, that I was, uh, you know, thinking to, you know, how to, how to you know, keep them in, in good health. So, um, yeah, I took the risk, you know, uh, starting, you know, managing uh, the vineyards. Uh, but, you know, I had uh, friends at that time from, uh, you know, Oregon Vineyard Supplies, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Gibbs and, and Kevin Chambers. I, I owe them a lot to them because uh, they helped me a lot. They, uh, they taught me, you know, they give me like a spray program. And, and um, you know, and I asked Mark uh, sometimes, you know, I asked him, you know, uh, the decisions that I was going to make, you know, with the binds. So um, um, I think that's, uh, I thought it was like, I said, I'm, I'm on the top. But, uh, you know, through the weeks and through the months, I, I said, no, I, I still need a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, one time I, I thought about, you know, going to college and, you know, and learn, you know, viticulturist. Uh, because I, I knew at that time that uh, uh, Chemeketa was offering, they, they had these classes, but it was too far for me, uh, you know, to drive uh, uh, down there for classes. Um, so um, I just, um, I, was, I was fine just to, you know, go in like, a, you know, like a one or two days classes, mm -hmm. you know, like a, they still have them and I still go. And, but uh, like, you know, like uh, for the binds or, uh, I mean, for, you know, like, like everything like uh, is um, like technology. Mm -hmm. So you need to be updated mm -hmm. and, and um, uh, like, you know, and uh, tools and, and chemicals, they, you know, so you need to be, you need to be pretty close, um, you know, and, uh, you know, learning, you know, how to, how to, how to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I call it uh, vericulturist, but uh, I don't know if I'm if I'm I'm right. <laughs> but that's what I did. I, I said I want to learn. I want to learn. I I don't have a way to you know go to college, so I'm gonna attend classes. Mm -hmm. And um, it seems like seems like I'm doing maybe not pretty good, but I'm doing okay because you know this is my 23rd year. <laughs> the vines are still here, so doing, yeah. doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's incredible that, you know, that's, uh, they're going to be 50 years uh, old uh, this, this month. Amazing. This year, I mean, this year. So how has your, as, as you have learned these things, as you've attended classes and stayed up to date, how has your viticulture changed? What, how has what you do in the vines changed? What, what have you sort of added? At, what have you learned? Um, 
Well, um, you know, things have been changed a little bit, uh, not too drastic, mm -hmm. but um, like, you know, um, we need to like, we need to do like, you know, I didn't know if the previous owner or avenue manager was doing this, but uh, when I started, you know, as a, um, uh, Bini manager, you know, uh, these guys taught me to, uh, that I need to do like uh, soil analysis mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, like, and, and patio and, 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 and leaves analysis. Mm -hmm. So you can, uh, so you can, you know, add or spray, you know, nutrients, you know, on, on three different uh, seasons of the year. Um, I think the only, I mean, the things that we've been changing is that the tools and how to, you know, and how to work with the binds, mm -hmm. like, you know, electrical pruners, uh, electrical tiners, um, and uh, different tools to work the ground, like uh, cultivating, mm -hmm. like uh, keep uh, uh, tools uh, to keep, uh, um, to control the weeds. Um, yeah, on the past, we were doing it by hand. With, uh, yeah, and it was, I mean, it was fine, but, uh, you know, we noticed that it was, uh, we, we were taking too much uh, time to do it. Um, uh, the, and the other tool is the harvester. You know, last year was the first year that we used harvester up here. You know, not a lot, but uh, we use them for a couple of days. That's a big change. Yeah. How did it go? Good, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has, uh, you know, there is some benefits, but uh, all, uh, all uh, needs to, uh, the winemaker needs to make the call. Because uh, you know some winemakers, or depends on the program. You know, depends on what 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 you want to harvest with uh, the harvester. But uh, we have some programs that uh, we have to we have to harvest by hand. So you talked earlier about time spent in the winery as well, not not just not just in the vines. So tell me about your time in production. Did you? What did you like about working in the winery, and um, what which do you prefer? Do you do you prefer being in the winery? Or do you prefer being out in the vines? I I, I you know at that time I I, I feel uh, blessed that I uh, was able to work on both places. Mm -hmm. uh, by working uh, making wine, I knew you know how to grow, how to go, or how to do better work on the vines. Because I I knew that you know what the winemaker why the winemaker wasn't asked, so um, I was I was um, I I think I I I I pay more attention on what we do on the vines when I when I start making wine. Um, I didn't make wine you know myself, but I was uh, um, I was like a you know the winemaker assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I help uh, uh, Bill Fuller, um, and he helped me a lot as well. 
you know, I, what it was really hard for me is to, to do like a love work. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. Uh, I just was, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I was helping uh, crushing, you know, during harvest and then uh, filtering uh, uh, wine. I mean juice and then wine. And then uh, uh, I think the last uh, two years was uh, 80, 98, 99. I, I was in charge of the bottling line. So uh, what uh, Bill Foyer was doing, uh, you know, he, uh, he left me like, uh, like, like an, an ode every morning telling me what to do. And I was able to do it. Uh, I don't know, but I was, uh, I, I, feel, I feel lucky that I was able to, you know, I didn't study uh, vericulturists or, or, or um, um, uh, how do you say? Analogy. Uh, analogy. Yeah, but I was able to do it. Mm -hmm. Not 100%, but uh, I was able to know, you know, how to, the process. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, obviously, in all of those roles, you're also managing people, and you're still managing people today, managing your, managing your crews, managing your people. So tell me about learning how to do that, about being a manager of people and of, of making sure that the work that needs to get done gets done. Um, you know, uh, in the beginning, you know, the first year, and and after, after, I mean, before, before uh, uh, 2000, I was, I was in charge of the, uh, of the crew here. Not the same as uh, like the manager, but it was, uh, it was like a, like a foreman. Mm -hmm. So um, what I learned, and I'm not, I'm not too aggressive. Uh, I like to, I like to be friendly. <laughs> and so, you know. The people who I had working here, I, I make them my, my friends. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to tell them, you know, if they need to work fast. If they don't, like at this time of year, I said, uh, you know, what are we doing? We need to keep this until, until we need to keep doing this until, until a bad break. Mm -hmm. So, you know, long run, you know, just, you know, uh, uh, not too slow, but that, that, that's all we have for this month. So um, um, I create a really good group. So when I, when I, uh, uh, when Jim, um, you know, asked me to, or, or when he put me in charge of the vineyards, you know, I had a, a, a really good group up here. Gosh, I still have people that uh, they, uh, they've been here longer than me, like two years. So, uh, I mean, they are, I mean, right now, they, um, they, they, they should be retired, but they like to keep working. So they, they still here. And um, it's, not, it's not easy because, uh, you know, to be, I mean, to, um, um, to work with, uh, you know, 15, 20 people, you know, uh, and I said, on every group, you have uh, good people, you have uh, people that, you know, you have everything. Mm -hmm. 
you have the good, you have the, uh, the bad, and you have the ugly, the, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, but I learned how to work with them, you know, by talking to them. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't push them to work, and bad, I didn't tell them bad words. Um, so I was trying to, you know, to, uh, to keep them as my friends, uh, but do the work. Um, when, uh, when, you know, when it was, uh, it was a little bit harder uh, uh, for me to deal with more people when I, when I, when they put me in charge of the uh, South uh, Vineyards, because we have, we have more people there, and people uh, from, uh, from Mexico, but not from the same state. They are from different states, so, uh, you know, different state, they have, they have, uh, you know, they even if they are from Mexico, they have a different, you know, like a different dialect. Yeah, and 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 different attitude. <laughs> so yeah, I've been dealing with everything. Uh, I mean, I mean, people fight each other, so you need to go and you know and talk to them and you know and you know like uh, you know make them you know uh, you know stay. It's, uh, like I said, you know, it's uh, like, and you know, and same on the crew, you know, things been changing, so um, uh, they have more, because, you know, uh, each person, each person they've been here for, uh, I mean, at least 10, 15, 20 years, so they, they have, uh, they have benefits and, uh, uh, when they don't have uh, anything, uh, when when they don't have, uh, I mean, something that I expect they expecting from uh, like insurance or I mean something, they they came to me. They come to me, mm-hmm. and sometimes I I I can't uh, help them, so I need to go to the HR department. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've been um, right now. I'm I'm doing pretty good because. Uh, I have, uh, I have, I have, uh, you know, a couple of guys, a couple of guys out there that I, they are, they are, I mean, they are really good uh, uh, foremans. So you mentioned in that that your obviously your role has expanded since Willamette Valley Vineyards purchased it, since Jim Bernal made you the vineyard manager. So tell me about what what all are you in charge of now? What what are the vineyards that you oversee? Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, well, I'm going to tell you from that, uh, you know, when I was, I started, I started, you know, managing this vineyard, uh, it's 170 acres, and then uh, the second year, um, uh, I thought, that I, I, I was thinking that, uh, that it was going to, it was going to be it, and he was, and he was, uh, no, uh, I'd like to, do, I'd like to, you know, manage the other vineyards. So um, it was uh, it was uh, was Willamette Willamette Valley Vineyards, um, and there was uh, there was another vineyard, um, and uh, West Salem. I think right now they have the name uh, uh, Witness Tree. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the name at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, through the years we've been growing and you know planting new vineyards and uh, leasing more vineyards, 
like uh, you know right now uh, we have I have this property I have a uh, uh, one at Dun Dundee, uh, two on uh, West Salem, and and two in Turner, like Willamette Valley Venice, and the new one, you know, right on front. And um, we have another vineyard that uh, it, ha it has my uh, our name, and uh, Gaston. So. Right now, you know, I started with 170 acres. Right now, I manage like 540, and uh, we still we still growing. So, from your perspective, then, how do you sort of handle that when a, when a new vineyard comes under your under your purview? Uh, what what do you what do you need to know about it in order to manage it? How do you kind of learn a new vineyard? Um, you know, and I, I learned from others, uh, like, you know, from uh, uh, people who's been doing this. And also, you know, I started, you know, developing a new vineyard in, uh, in West Salem. And I got, a, I had a, a bit help from, uh, from uh, the contractor mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, he was, um, um, he was, uh, I mean, he had a lot of experience working on grounds for, you know, for vines. Mm -hmm. So I asked him for help, and um, and uh, that way I learned what what do I need to do first, mm -hmm. you know, before we plant the vineyard. Like, uh, you know, like, um, uh, I mean, I've been having, you know, a lot of problems because, uh, you know, we develop, uh, we've been develop uh, vineyards. You know that are you know like that. I mean that um, uh, like the ground is too rocky. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but um, you know, um, we did it and we're still doing it, and um, I don't have any any problems like you know thinking what to do you know first. So for a vineyard that is, for a vineyard that is already established, for example, say like like Elton or like Witness Tree, when you take over, so um, do you? How do you get to know the place? How do you like, get to know a vineyard before uh, and figure out what it needs from you? Uh, before we uh, we uh, managed uh, Elton uh, with, uh, I uh, I visited a couple of times with the winemaker. At that time was uh, Forrest Klafke, the winemaker. So he took me uh, to Elton Vineyard a couple of times, mm -hmm. and he said, "If we if we uh, manage this vineyard, what will you change? What will you do?" Uh, and I said, "Well, you know, I think on the first uh, season I won't do anything, but on the second, you know, I think the first season will, you know, uh, I'll take, you know." A time to think what on, what to need to change or if. But the way I uh, I mean the way I see it, I don't need I have to change you know much. Uh, the way uh, they were working, you know, we changed a little bit. Um, and then the people who was there at that time, they didn't like uh, how I I was you know proposal work, so they left. But you know I hadn't I have. I mean, at that time, I had enough enough people to uh, you know to work that uh, vineyard. Mm -hmm. 
So obviously you've seen a lot of vintages, you've seen a lot of types of vintages. Tell me about some of the challenging vintages from your perspective to, of, of getting, getting the grapes ready and getting them in the door. Um, I think, uh, you know, every vintage is different, but uh, um, I hope I can remember the right year. But it was really hard. It was really hard. It was, uh, I mean, uh, during the growing season until maybe harvest, uh, you spray today and it rains after two or three hours. So we had, uh, we have, uh, we had too many problems or we have, uh, you know, problems uh, getting, getting the fruit uh, ripe. Uh, I think it was like 2011, 2013, right like that. Yeah, both, both of those years were, are what yeah. we hear about a lot, so it could have been both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been running that, uh, like I say, this is my 23rd uh, um, uh, season, so uh, I think, I mean, you remember the really bad ones and the good ones. So I think, I think those, uh, those, uh, I know we had more more uh, difficult years, like you know, like uh, you know, either to drive the fruit or or to do the harvest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there was there was uh, in 20, 2017, Yeah, at that time we were. I mean, we have to harvest through, uh, in the rain, mm -hmm. and you know we. Uh, we draw holes on, on, on the boxes so the water can uh, drain. <laughs> so simple, yet so, so ingenious. <laughs> uh, what about 2020? Obviously a, a whole different set of challenges in 2020. Tell me about that particular harvest. It was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was hard because you know, some days it was, it was really difficult to have uh, people working. And then uh, we were, uh, and, and my boss and the winemaker and, and night we were uh, worried about, you know, uh, um, loss of fruit because of the, you know, the, the um, ashes or dust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, um, and that's where, that's where, that's when Covid started, right? That year, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, in the end, we were able to, uh, I mean, to harvest our fruit. Uh, I think it didn't, it didn't find any changes on, you know, on, on the on the wine. So um, it was uh, it was hard, but uh, we were able to to do it. So obviously you mentioned that that Twilight Vineyards is, is still growing, still expanding. Tell us uh, what's kind of on the horizon. What are you, in addition to what you're already doing, uh, what else are you looking at for a, a sort of upcoming projects or upcoming things you'll be working on? Uh, we have a, a couple of projects, like new developments. Um, uh, developments that are, we're going to do, uh, you know, uh, this year. I hope we can do it. Uh, we can have them done before bud break. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a, there is a vineyard. Um, we call it a jory claim, 
is on the west side of, uh, of uh, Willamette Valley Vineyards. Um, uh, we start with 25 acres there. Uh, we plant those uh, last uh, December, November and December. Uh, this year we're gonna do uh, five more there, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna develop a new vineyard on, uh, in uh, Dayton, uh, 15 acres. You talked earlier about sort of some of the challenges of starting starting from scratch, of start, starting a vineyard like that. Um, as you've done more of them, more of these kind of vineyard developments, have, has it gotten easier to start and get, get things planted and going? Uh, if you, yeah, I mean, if we do it on the right time, I don't think we have problems. Like, you know, I like to, I mean, for me, I like to uh, plant vines in, in April. Because you know, after you finish with pruning and tying, uh, I mean, if we have good weather, it's uh, it's a good time to plant them. Uh, otherwise, will be until um, uh, November. Mm -hmm. After harvest. After harvest. Um, what else are you looking ahead to for yourself uh, in 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 the vines and wine or otherwise? Anything else kind of on your personal horizon that you're excited about? You know, people ask me, you know, what I'd like to do, you know, in the future. I don't know. The only thing I know is I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working. Uh, I don't know until when, but uh, right now I'm, I'm about, you know, I said maybe three or four years uh, from retired. Um, I'm, I, I like what I do, and I. I think I can, I mean, I hope I can still doing it, you know, until I have, uh, you know, an, for more, more year, four more years. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, my wife and I, you know, thinking a little bit of, I mean, after we retire, uh, we'd like to, I mean, spend more time with our family because I have family and California and uh, and uh, Texas, uh, Chicago, mm -hmm. people that I I haven't seen them for you know forty plus years. Mm -hmm. I said you know maybe if we are in good health maybe uh, we, you know we can go you know we can have time and you know and visit our family. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know right now I'm, I'm I like to you know keep doing. What I've been doing. So obviously, you've been in Oregon for almost almost all of the growth of the Oregon wine industry. You've seen, you've been here during the as the industry has grown. So, from your perspective, um, what are the the changes you've seen in 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 wine in the Oregon wine industry and in, in viticulture and winemaking? What are the sort of the differences now as you as you look in 2023 versus when you first started looking at, at Oregon wine? Uh, well, the difference is that uh, equipment. <laughs> yeah, at that time we didn't use, uh, you know, those expensive, uh, you know, really expensive, uh, like, you know, uh, presses or, you know, those uh, huge uh, tanks or, you know, we were using, I don't, I don't have a photo, but I, I will admit, they still have two of the presses that I use up here. One is a crusher. You do it by hand. We were putting, uh, you know, five gallons bucket, you know, one at a time, 
and do it by hand. And the other one was is like a, a barrel with uh, you know with uh, um, with a thing like uh, you know you spin it mm -hmm. and uh, a round thing goes goes down mm -hmm. and press that uh, grapes. <laughs> uh, filters, I mean, it's, it's a big change. And uh, the way you move the wine from one, one tank to another, you know, they, uh, 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 they use a different, different uh, pumps. Um, I don't remember what else they use. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean big, big changes uh, on the equipment. Um, I think the, f uh, I mean, the quality of the wine, I think, is still the same. But I still like, m when I drink wine, I like more, I, I like the wine that, uh, that uh, is, uh, is um, the process, it's like old style. And that's what, that's what Bill Fuller is doing. I mean, they still use uh, you know those expensive uh, equipment, but uh, uh, he's trying. He's, I mean, he tries to make his wine as an old style. And he's still making wine with Wyoming Valley Vineyards, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, he left, but he came back um, as a you know winemaker. Um, uh, I don't know how he came back, but the first, when he came back the first three years, uh, he made his wine up here, and uh, we, we were working together. I mean, he, uh, he was uh, sending me, you know, texts or emails, and what to do, and, 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 and the grapes, until there was, until the wine was, uh, you know, uh, ready. Uh, Just like old times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, you know, I asked him for a few for a few favors. Um, I I like to you know with him, I like to you know um, uh, make uh, um, like uh, like a ten barrels of uh, Pinot Noir. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen this, uh, this season or the following season. I just hope that uh, we have time to do it. Yeah, he said that uh, he, he, can, he, can, he can, I mean, he can, he can do it. I mean, he can, he said, he can, I can help you. And that's what I, uh, I mean, people ask me, you know, why, in, they said, why don't you do your own wine? You know, I tried it one time and, and I didn't like it. <laughs> it's like, you know, making coffee in your house and, you know, you, didn't, you, didn't, you know, you said, this one, I mean, this doesn't taste, you know, the same as what you buy outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only one time I made, uh, like, uh, it was like a 10 gallons of Chardonnay and about five, gal five gallons of Pinot Noir. We drink it, we didn't, we didn't throw it away. <laughs> well, hopefully this, is, hopefully this stuff is really good when you get to make it with Bill, that's exciting. 
so last question for you, um, sort of looking back, um, what do you feel like are sort of your biggest accomplishments or what, what are you proudest of from the time you've spent in the wine industry? Um, uh, the first one was, uh, I think it was the first or second year, 20, no, it was, it was after. Um, they got me, they got me a, like, um, uh, like, like a, a, a gift for the, uh, the employee of the year. Mm -hmm. Um. Is that a symposium? No, it was, uh, a Wallama of Adventures. Yeah. Um, and then at symposium, they uh, I, they give me a trophy trophy for um, that uh, vineyard um, vineyard excellence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I think uh, earlier I had another one from uh, like a, for uh, being um, uh, like uh, sustainable. When you get something like that, what does it? What what do you think about? What is it? What do you? How do you feel? Um, I feel you know proud because uh, I don't I I didn't know, but uh, that's when when that's when you notice that uh, people, I mean somebody is watching you, and if you're doing good, so you have those kind of uh, you know. Surprises, mm -hmm. because uh, everyone that I, I got it was a surprise for me. So um, 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 yeah, I think that's that's what I've been. Um, uh, like you know, as a recognition, a recon, how do you say recognition? Recognition. I think that's that's what I've been having. Yeah. All right. That's all the questions that I have for you. Uh, anything that I didn't ask that I should have? Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to cover today? Um, uh, well, I I like to tell you, but uh, I don't know if I can explain everything. About about the vineyard that uh, Jim, uh, you know, put our, our our name on it. Oh, yeah. Please tell us. Uh, and it was another, how do you say, another big trophy or big recognition, because um, you know one day he said, "Efren, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna develop develop a vineyard um, with your name," because. Uh, um, you know, I need to, you know, I need to appreciate, you know, what your family, you know, been doing for the company. And, um, I mean, he knows what we went through, uh, you know, like around 2000. Mm -hmm. So um, I did all my best to help the company and I was, I, I did it. Um, 
So he said, I'm going to look for a place where, can, you know, where we can have your vineyard. And I didn't have any idea where it was, where, where was going to be. So one day, um, uh, he asked me to drive with him. And, and we drove you know, by this place. And he goes, what do you think about you know, buying this property? And I said, yeah, I mean, I mean you're going to buy it. You're going to pay for it, so it, it's up to you. But if you like you like that uh, the ground, and I said, not really. But if you, I mean, if you buy it, uh, you know, I think we can plant it. But he didn't say anything about you know having our name there. I thought that he was on a, he was looking for another 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 uh, place. So uh, you know he bought it, and 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 he said, well, you know. Uh, I'd like to plant this vineyard with uh, uh, unrooted vines. And, and uh, this vineyard is going to have your uh, name. And I said, OK. If it's going to have our name, why, why are you telling me that you want, you want um, unrooted vines? And, and he said, "Oh, uh, well, we like to do. I like to do it because uh, I like to, you know, like uh, like a planted like quickly." And I said, "Yeah, but uh, it's going to take a long time to to uh, establish the vineyard." So you know, um, not to discuss a lot to him, you know with him. I said, "Yeah, we can we can do that." So we plant uh, 15 acres, 15, like 16 acres of Pinot Gris, all rooted. And, and his idea was to plant it all with uh, Pinot Gris. And I said, you know, if it's going to have our name, I, I like Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, we didn't have, we didn't have uh, the, I mean, we didn't have uh, the chance to buy uh, Pinot grapes. So we did, I, we made some cuttings. Um, I think it was uh, like a 10 acres of Pinot Noir unrooted vines. I mean, we make the cuttings. Uh, but then uh, you know we order vines for another place that uh, that uh, we didn't use them. So I said I'm gonna use them here. And you know he, he just said, you know if we don't have another place, yeah, you can put them there. So we we plant like uh, uh, like a four acres of pomar, uh, which I you know I really like pomar, and I. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so the first uh, vintage was uh, 20, 21. Yeah, 21. Uh, and um, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I was really you know paying attention on the Pinot Noir. Uh, I removed a little bit of fruit, and then. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we harvested, you know, the winemaker that he was, uh, you know, with us that, that year. Uh, he was pretty flexible with me. Mm -hmm. 
and I, and and he said, Efren, uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have you make the call when we're gonna harvest. I mean, all the fruit, not just there. And I said, uh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check the fruit, and I'm, we're gonna I'm gonna you know be checking the bricks, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna taste you know the uh, the fruit, and I'm gonna let you know. So uh, one day in the morning, I was uh, taking samples from uh, from uh, Loesa Vineyard, uh, and I said, uh, Hey, uh, I think this fruit is ready. Um, I have uh, I have a, a sample. Um, I need to know, you know, if the other nutrients are fine. But I think, you know, the flavor and uh, uh, the sugar, I think it's, uh, I think they are, on, you know, for me, I think they are perfect. So uh, I took the samples to the lab and, and um, uh, like around four, he called me and said, you know, I have these numbers for these uh, grapes. So I think they are fine. Uh, they are ready to be harvested. And I said, uh, and he, he said, when can, when can you uh, uh, harvest? And I said, I can do it tomorrow. And he goes, you have everything ready? And I said, yeah, I have, I have uh, boxes here. I have, I have everything. And he said, well, do it tomorrow. So I was putting, uh, I mean, I convinced that I harvest that fruit on the right moment. So, uh, <clears throat> and then, you know, after they crushed grapes and, uh, and uh, it got dry, so it got a little bit of alcohol, the winemaker started to tell me, you know, the wine from there, right now, is the best wine we have in, in the cellar. And, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, we ha I had uh, uh, like a three uh, uh, winemakers, they taste this wine, they say, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. So, I think I, you know, it was it was on me that you know to do something to get a good fruit. I don't. I mean, last year's fruit it was it was fine, but I don't think they were great. But they said that they were last year's vintage is it is is tasting uh, it tastes good. From the, from the West of Vineyard. Yeah, from the West of Vineyard. So that's all that we have for you. So thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and your stories today. Um, thank you for taking us through your history and, and sharing all that with us. And we'll go ahead and let you off the hook. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all our supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have helped make our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you from the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield University. With a very special thank you to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.